Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you on this Wednesday, July 6th, the year 2022? Big birthday wish today and an NFL quarterback domino falls. We are uh, thrilled to be with you here for the next two hours as we are each and every day, Monday through Friday, with my producer, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also 1041 Lake Charles. Thrilled to be in that market as well. Um, Of course, with the internet, we are streaming all over the world. 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, um, we're on your television as said as well as we are simulcast on stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The blonde bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, um, spent a lot of time this morning watching a great tennis match, and that was usurped by the fact that Baker Mayfield is no longer a Cleveland Brown. Baker Mayfield is now a Carolina Panther. As the deal has been consummated, and um, Carolina sending a conditional 2024 fifth-round pick to the Cleveland Browns, for Baker Mayfield, that uh, fifth round pick can convert to a fourth rounder based on playing time. The NFL Network reports that the Panthers and the Browns will also split the money Mayfield is owed in 2022. Money was always an issue in trade negotiations and in life. Mayfield was due a fully guaranteed $18.85 million in the final year of his rookie deal. The Browns will pay 10.5 of that to Mayfield in 2022, while the Panthers will pay about 5 million. Mayfield also reportedly agreed to take about a $3.5 million pay cut. You take a pay cut because you just don't want to be somewhere so badly that you just have to go and do it. All right. Um, The former number one overall pick's been searching for a change of scenery. Ever since the Brown, um, the Browns won the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So where we go from here, your guess is uh, as good as mine because Sam Darnold is there. The Carolina Panthers uh, drafted Matt Corral. And um, so, so we'll see. We'll see. It's ironic. What's the season opening game in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns? course it's the carolina panthers um so (laughs) landing spots had dwindled right i mean who else was he going to go to indianapolis traded with the atlanta falcons for matt ryan uh the falcons agreed to sign marcus mariota the saints 
struck a deal to re-sign Jameis Winston. The NFL draft passed in late April, and the talks between the Browns and the Panthers fizzled, but then they rekindled again, and now Mayfield becomes just the third quarterback in the NFL common era. That's since 1967 to become a number one overall pick and last four or fewer seasons with their first team. The others, Jamarcus Russell, the former LSU Tiger with the Oakland Raiders, lasted from 07 to 09, and Jeff George with the Indianapolis Colts from 90 to 93. Um, so we'll see what goes on here, but Baker Mayfield finally uh, gets rid of the Cleveland Brown thing. Now, look, after all, they drafted him number one. They were 1-31 and 31 combined in the two seasons prior uh, to getting them, to getting him. Um, had a pretty good first year there, fought through multiple injuries last year, went six and eight as a starter, but they just didn't believe in Baker. Baker felt like he was disrespected by the club and off they go. So again, Sam Darnold is in that group. Matt Corral is in that group and a former XFL standout PJ Walker is in that quarterback room as well. So I don't know if Mayfield's a long-term answer in Carolina. Matt Rule's job is on the line for sure, and they're hoping for at least an automatic upgrade from what their quarterback play was in 2021. As I said, tennis uh, was remarkable today as Rafa Nadal battled back to beat Taylor Fritz from the United States in a Wimbledon thriller a five-setter that went to a tiebreaker, and tiebreakers are different now in tennis. you got to get first player to 10 points, and you got to win by two. Well, Nadal dominated uh, in the uh, in the tiebreaker, and despite um, an, an uh, abdominal situation for Nadal, um, he beat uh, Taylor Fritz, um, and Nadal is now back in the semifinals. He will take on Nick Kyrgios from Australia as uh, he's keeping alive his hopes of becoming the first man since Rod Laver back in 1969 to win all four Grand Slam titles in the same season. He's already won the Australian Open. He's won the French Open. Now he's in the semis of Wimbledon. If he can win this one, then he has the U.S. Open to try to make history going to be a tough road ahead. Kyrgios is really, really good. And don't forget about uh, the Joker, uh, Djokovic, on the other side of the draw. So it'll be difficult, but what a thriller that lasted well over four hours on the famed center court at Wimbledon. Uh, he turns 22 years old today, and in a few moments, Zion Williamson will sign his rookie contract extension that could get him close to $230 million over four years. It's not a bad little birthday present for one Zion Williamson. Uh, you heard it in James's two-minute drill. LSU got a, another commitment, this time the class of 2024. So recruiting, not only for this next class, but they're recruiting years down the road, years down the road. The latest get is class of 2024 linebacker, Xavier Atkins of Jonesboro Hodge, Louisiana. Uh, as a sophomore, he turned in one of the most impressive seasons 
that that many recall in high school history in this state, a school record 219 tackles, of which 180 were solo jobs. He had 28 tackles for losses, and he also had eight sacks. He also had two interceptions, three fumble recoveries, uh, touchdowns on defense and special teams, and he sold popcorn before the game. What? Um, Anyway, um, he was the 2021 Co-Defensive Player of the Year for Louisiana Football Report. Um, He's a three-star, but that's going to increase and increase and increase now during his his junior season. So um, everybody that worries about LSU and in-state players, well, well, they got one. Now, will they keep him? Well, time will tell. Uh, on that one. So, um, again, the football machine keeps on and keeps on and keeps on. Uh, NBA Summer League is is underway. And uh, it certainly appears that um, <laughs> the second overall pick in the NBA draft um, is going to be pretty good. Um He opened up his summer league debut with uh, quite a performance um, as his Oklahoma City Thunder um, and Chet Holmgren kind of did it all in a very, very impressive debut, to say the very, very least. Um, Showed a variety of shots, moves, and and everything you want from, from a big uh, he, he was spectacular. Uh, he had 13 points in the first quarter. Um, he kept it going from there and there and there. Don't overreact to one summer league game, but um, he ended up with over 20 points, um, eight rebounds, six block shots. He was uh, he was very very impressive to say the very least. So uh, that's one player that looks like. Um, the future very, very bright for him um, as the the talks around the NBA still. Where is Kevin Durant going to go? Uh, we'll have some thoughts on that. Our guest list today, Glenn West, will join us from Go247 Sports. We'll talk all things LSU, including their recruiting class. Uh, LSU is going to take over. Um, their 24-hour takeover of the SEC Network, which will begin tomorrow night at 11 p.m. It's an annual thing, um, and they'll show nothing but the great highlights of LSU's athletic year. The opening event will be the 27-24 win over Texas A&M in Tiger Stadium, the last game of the 2021 regular season. Um, football will be the first of seven different sports featured during the 24-hour period that runs until 11 p.m. on Friday evening. Gymnastics, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, and women's golf are also included in the takeover. So um, LSU versus Texas A&M, followed by the spring game, LSU football spring game, softball versus Arkansas, uh, SEC Women's Golf Championship, gymnastics versus Auburn, men's basketball versus Kentucky, baseball versus Vanderbilt, women's basketball versus Kentucky, softball versus Alabama, and football versus Florida. So if you're really 
really craving for some recap of some events that uh, that meant a lot to you. Well, the SEC takeover begins Thursday night at 11 p.m. You can always um, record it and save it for another day. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you will have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's The Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. So Glenn West coming up at 2.30. Michael Huguenin, Hump Day with Huguenin at 3.30. Those are our guests for today. A lot of people are on vacation. A lot of people at press conferences and stuff like that. So um, we will talk. We will pontificate. We will try to inform and entertain as we roll on. 15 minutes after the hour, we'll take our first time out of the day. We're brought to you by Eon of Lafayette, the first touchless robotic device that will help you lose the weight you find hard to lose permanently. Eon of Lafayette. We'll be back. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine the hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Houston Astros, one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can see them live and in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Speaking of the Astros, uh, how hot? Well, they've won eight in a row, and... Um, they are cruising in their division, um, leading by a whopping 13 and a half games over the Seattle Mariners. Eight straight, uh, nine of their last 10. Um, they've been great at home, 26 and 11, been great away, 27 and 16. And it just seems with a 66% winning percentage this year, as we're almost to the all star break, they trail just the Yankees, the Yankees with 58 wins. The Astros was 53. When you look at the statistics throughout the course of this regular season, when it comes to pitching, the Yankees are the number one ranked team in the American League. The Astros are the number two ranked team in the American League. When it comes to hitting, yes, um, the Toronto Blue Jays are number one. Yankees number two. 
Astros number three. The problem for Toronto is they just happen to be in the same division uh, as the Yankees. And as good as they've been, they're still 14. Um, uh, they're, they're 14 and a half games back at 44 and 38. 14 and a half games back. It would take a miraculous collapse by the Yankees and an incredible surge by uh, the Blue Jays to, to make up that differential. So um, it just seems to me that this is a an absolute collision course that the Astros and Yankees are on. And wouldn't that be a fun, serious playoff matchup, right? And schedule's light for Houston uh, after the all-star break. So um, how, how in sync are they going to be? Um, but one thing for sure, Justin Verlander has been terrific in his return from Tommy John surgery. Um, he is in the hunt for another American League Cy Young Award. He's 10-3 and three with a 2.03 ERA and a .83 whip through 15 starts. Um, he just threw six innings combined in 2020 and 2021. Now he's at 97 in the third innings this season. Um, and, and because he's put in so much time already, they've pushed his next starting assignment back a few days. He last pitched June 29th against the Mets in New York. He'll make his next start tomorrow in the series finale against the Royals. That's uh that's seven days of rest. Um, now, he says he feels fine. Um, but, you know, the Astros are poised for another deep playoff run. And so you want to put your ace in the best position physically to pitch into October. So a regular season start miss here or there, I, I think is pretty smart for the 39-year-old who prefers to pitch every fifth day. Um but has managed to do that only four times this year because Houston, the club, is very cautious with him. Remember, they had that shortened um, exhibition season, preseason. So they spaced this thing out, and, and that, that's, that's a pretty smart thing. The Astros used a six-man rotation for much of May during a 34-day stretch where they had only one off day. Um, now, Verlander would like to return to his to his normal rest um, and pitching uh, every five days at some point. Uh, but why rush it right now? Um, Verlander has not decided yet if he's going to pitch in the All-Star game in L.A. on July 19th if he's selected. Well, that's a certainty. He's going to be selected. He's made eight All-Star teams in his career, two with the Astros in 2018 and 2019. So, Verlander, one of the big, big reasons getting him back and keeping him healthy, uh, that's that's pretty good. That's uh that's that's spectacular uh news for for the Astros. And Jordan Alvarez keeps showing the yes, not only can he do it at the plate, but he's built brilliant defensively this season too. Um, he threw out Hunter Dozier at the plate from just short of the warning track in left field uh, to preserve a two-run eighth-inning lead and then hit his 25th homer as the Astros beat the Kansas City Royals 9-7 to last night. 
Um, they also got homers from Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman, Almedes Diaz, and again, they extended their winning streak to a major league best eight games. So right now they're hot. They're getting good work. They've got a really good um, uh, pitching unit together, and uh, their their stars are uh, are playing well. They're playing well. Um, Alvarez has 25 homers. He's tied with Phillies' Kyle Schwarber for second in the majors, four behind the front runner for the MVP award in Aaron Judge. So uh, the Astros will we will be preempted tomorrow because the Astros are going to be playing um, against the Royals tomorrow, and that will be a 110 start. Um, in Houston before they head out for a Friday late start uh, out on the West Coast. They start a series against the uh, Oakland A's. So at 53 and 27, the Astros uh, in clear command of the AL Central, clear command, trying to keep pace, trying to stay injury-free and keep pace with uh, with the Yankees. And... Um, It just seems to me that that is an absolute collision course. The Twins, of course, lead the AL Central by four and a half over the Guardians, six and a half over the White Sox. Um, I I don't know. I don't know about if they're pretenders or uh, contenders. The Mets are getting some pictures back. DeGrom, Scherzer in the National League, they lead the Braves by two and a half. I still think the Braves are the better team, and I think the Braves will usurp the Mets in the East. It's a horse race between the Brewers and the Cardinals in the NL Central. Uh, right now, based upon a seven of their last 10 uh, games being wins, the Brewers have opened up a three-game lead over the Redbirds. And um, the Dodgers are still the team to beat uh, in the NL West. They were up five and a half over the Padres. A disappointing season for the Giants. They're 10 and a half back. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies playing for, for next season. Uh, but the all-star break is coming up. It's right around the corner. Home run derby could be spectacular if the right players play in it. Uh, Bryce Harper vows for the Phillies to be back with that thumb issue. He says, I will be back before this season is over. Um, as he's hoping that the Phillies can can stay close and have a have a late season push in the NL East. But um, baseball's in a good place, I believe. Um, and it never hurts. You may hate them, you may love them, but it never hurts when the Yankees are good. That seems to move the proverbial needle. And at 58 and 23, my goodness gracious, now they're losing game. They lose a game to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and people are calling it a major upset, a shocker. Um, it's one of the best records the Yankees have ever had through this amount of games in their storied history. Storied history. In fact, it's tied for like... Um, the second or third best, and every other team that had those amount of wins or more for the Yankees won the World Series. So a lot of pressure on New York uh, to to follow through with this, but so far they have been tremendous, tremendous, absolutely. Um, Eon of Lafayette, Uh, It's, again, the first premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that specializes in 
permanent fat reduction. You do all uh, the right things. You eat properly. You exercise. You do uh, your crunches, your uh, your planks and all that. And you still can't lose that area in your abdomen or the, your your flanks on the side. Well, Eon of Lafayette can get that done. It's a state-of-the-art robotic body contouring laser energy and cooling simultaneously for a comfortable patient experience resulting in permanent fat reduction. There is financing involved, so you can get it done and pay later. They're located at 2020 Rue Promenade, Suite 2020. And the phone number, 337-278-7641. Eon of Lafayette. You've done all the work. Let Eon finish it for you once and for all. I will take a time out of it when we come back. Glenn West of Go247 Sports. We'll talk all things LSU after this timeout on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. And we are back 34 minutes after the hour on this Wednesday, July the 6th. We welcome in our good friend um, who's kind enough to join us today, Glenn West from Go247 Sports. Glenn, how you been, buddy? I'm doing great. Been a busy bee here for early part of July. but you know, that's... What, 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 you got to keep up with all this recruiting stuff? Yeah. <laughs> how about that, huh? <laughs> I'm just tired because I watched the tennis match today. Uh, oh, I did too. Did you watch it really? Uh, I watched, Nadal and Fritz. I that was the, unbelievable. Yeah, I caught the fifth set of Nadal and uh, and Fritz. That was a fun one. Yeah, you, uh, you you gotta you gotta step on a champion. You can't let your foot off, man. But Nadal just knows how to play big points, and he he's remarkable. Yeah, great match, great match. I don't know how Nadal comes back from that. Is there is there a more exhausting sport to watch than tennis? I mean, well, you better you, be in shape, huh? When you zone in on you know kind of the the close ups of these guys' faces, you know, halfway through a match, you can tell they're grinding through it, man. It's, well, the, the running really and you got to get they're running and you got to get down so low to get ground strokes, and I mean, uh, it's just crazy it's good, crazy good. All right, so uh, have have. Has these past couple of days put to put to rest people's fear about? Oh my God, LSU can't recruit anybody. Uh, you, I mean, you would think so. I mean, the, it's been a, obviously a, a really great week for LSU. Obviously, starting last Friday with with Jackson Howard, the uh, top one hundred edge rusher who committed um, and from then, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. they're dipping all over the place. You, how, did, went through, how, how did Row the Boat miss out on him? It's a good question. I'm not sure. Uh, I think uh, you know Jamar Kane has some really great ties up to the north, uh, north, you know, Midwest uh, kind of area. He's done a really nice job recruiting that area uh, over the years. And you know, they went to Indiana also and got an Indiana guy and uh, Georgia, Texas. I mean, they're, they've just kind of gone all over the place with this recruiting class so far. Um, you know, nine of the eleven commits they have are out of state guys, and uh, it's been just a really 
Uh, really solid, I think, group effort really from this staff so far. But Jamar Kane and Kerry Cooks, the safeties coach, have certainly been the early stars of this class in terms of getting some really great players on board. You you want to get a quarterback every year, but LSU's quarterback room is so stocked. I don't know how you convince somebody to come. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think they're still in play for a couple of guys. Uh, obviously, Dante Moore is, is one of the blue chip guys that's still out there. I think LSU still has a shot with. It doesn't sound like LSU is really uh, the favorite right now for him. It sounds like Oregon, Notre Dame are still kind of the, the two names you're hearing about most with him. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, I think the, you know, the, I guess, fallback option, just because there's no real other way to put it, but just the guy that, you know, I think LSU would probably put all efforts into recruiting if things don't work out with more is, is Ricky Collins, who's currently at Woodlawn, the, the Purdue commit. Uh, got a great arm, very live arm, high velocity guy. But, um, you know, I think, look, at the end of the day, I've always kind of made the the case that LSU doesn't really need an elite quarterback in this class when you're looking at Nussmeyer and Howard that are going to be able to carry you through the next you know, two to three years at, at, at minimum. So, um, you know, I, I do think LSU is in a really great spot with their quarterback's position, and I mm-hmm. think they're in a little bit of a, uh advantage in terms of who they want to, you know, really pursue. I keep hearing that, uh, and and that's the reason nine of LSU's eleven commits are from out of state. Uh, it's not the greatest year for recruiting in Louisiana, which is highly unusual. Yeah, no, I mean there's there's some there's some really great players. Obviously, Zalens Hurd, the offensive tackle, uh, Shelton Sampson, the wide receiver. Um, you know, there there's some there are some really good. You know, Tyree Adams is another guy, another offensive lineman that I think LSU's really high on. But um, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of the big blue chip guys. You know, Derek Williams, the safety, and Arch Manning, the quarterback, both Texas commits now. Right. Those were two of the high profile guys. Eli Holstein. Uh, the quarterback commit, you know, he's committed to Alabama. So there, there's still some really good talent in here and, you know, in this state, uh, there always will be, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just one of those situations where, you know, this was a class that was very unique in terms of guys building relationships with other schools that weren't with the LSU staff uh, previously. Right. So yeah, they were going to have some really hard uphill climbs with some of those guys to really turn and, and try to flip them to LSU. But, um, you know, the, the talent is, is still very, very good, I would say, here in Louisiana. Oh, yeah, oh, I may it may not be as deep as I guess Maybe is the, is the yeah, word I was looking for. There's That's always going to be talent, but the depth of the talent may not be as strong as it has been in the past and will be uh, in the future. There's too many good coaches and too many good players and too many good programs for that not to be uh, good not to be deals too. <laughs> yeah, and then I where what is the latest on that? How is LSU shaping up on all that stuff? Uh, I think I think. People are going to be pleasantly surprised in the next several months what happens with NIL. I think LSU uh, put themselves in a really good position in, in, in recent weeks and months, and uh, you know, can't really go into a whole lot of detail about it, but they have some stuff planned that I think is going to be really interesting um, for, for down the line. I wonder how that all affects – I mean, look, the LSU's one big bowl, okay, and you've got uh, the athletic department looking for a piece of the pie. You've got Tiger Athletic Foundation working for a piece of the pie. You've got the Alumni Foundation looking for it. You've got the academic side looking for it. You can only hit up these people so many times, and they I don't know how many of these people there are. I, want, I just wonder how that all is going to work and unfold, and somebody's going to be left a little short in the long term. It's a good question. I mean, um, you know, Brian Kelly at the SEC coaches meeting several weeks ago kind of talked about 
just how important it was that Louisiana passed that recent legislation that allows the universities to be more hands-on with the NIL deals and all that mm-hmm. stuff, just educating the players a little bit better about what kind of deals they should sign, what kind of people they should be getting involved with, that kind of stuff. Um, because you know, he kind of made the point that you know, I, I, he, he thinks it's going to be very murky waters in terms of trying to appease everybody. And right. he, he made the point that you know, boosters maybe shouldn't be as involved with those NIL deals as, as they have been uh, to this point. But um, you know, LSU's got a great structure and plan. They have a new NIL office that they've been running now for several months. And uh, I, I have little doubt that they'll be right there at the forefront of those kind of talks moving forward. I'm curious, uh, and I know we don't have the answer, but this NIL office, let's say they get, let's just take a million dollars, for instance. All right, we got a million dollars NIL. All right. Um, what are we going to do with this? How much does football get? How much does men's basketball get? How much does women's basketball get? How much does baseball get? You know, those that produce the revenue are going to get the goods. That's just how it works. Um, but I'm curious as to how the distribution will end up becoming. Yeah, I mean, I think that's still to be determined. I think that's something that they're still working through. Um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of great intel on that in right. terms of how they're dividing all that stuff up. But, you know, football rules the world around here. I mean, yeah. those that's what pays the bills and, uh, you know, athletic departments around the country. And so um, no doubt that a good chunk of uh, whatever kind of NIL money they're able to raise will – uh, will be, you know, profited towards football and earmarked towards that the, the program. So, um, you know, I think the best thing that they're doing right now is just educating the players on, you know, what to expect and what to really be looking for in terms of just the, the kinds of deals you're signing and the kinds of people you're associating with. So I think that's probably the most important part of it right now. I mean, every jersey that's sold, shouldn't that player get, get a percent? I mean, that seems to be the easiest thing to do, and that, that could help everybody that is anybody. Man, can you imagine if Burrow was here you know, a couple oh. of years? What, what kind of NIL deals? Oh. I mean, I walked into the LSU sports shop. They still got them. Back. They got the Burrow EAUX jersey still selling, you know, off the rack. I mean, it's it's crazy how how popular he was for that one year. I mean, if he had had a little taste of that pie, you know, a couple of years ago, he might not have even needed to go to the NFL. <laughs> I, I I don't know if if Joe Burrow. Leonard Fournette, I still, I still think they would all pale in comparison to what Shaquille O'Neal could have garnered when he That's was true. here. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, I wasn't around for the live age of of Shaq and what the, you know, obviously the the you know hypocrisy around that or not hypocrisy, the just the ener- energy around that you know time frame was, but uh, just in watching the you know the documentary and some of the highlights there, I mean. Uh-huh. Obviously, he could have he could have done very well for himself because he, he, he had the personality to go with it. Pistol oh, yeah. Pete would have done would have done incredible. I mean, the superstars are going to get it. There's no question about that. Um, it's just I, I, I'm still wondering about those non superstars and how they fit in and how that all works within the confines of a locker room. And that's that that's where the coaches um their list of things that they're responsible for gets even yep. more murky and more difficult. Nope. I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know how they, how they go about doing that. I'm sure they have meetings. You know, I think LSU has these certain pods, you know, they have these 
player, you know, player led, you know, groupings, you know, I think mm-hmm. they have eight or nine of them uh, with the football team where, you know, they, they, they meet and they, they, you know, have a, you know, a certain amount of players that are a part of their pod and uh, making sure that they're all on the right track and doing the right things. So that was something that Kelly implemented very early on when he got here. So I uh, would imagine that those are things that are talked about amongst the players constantly for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hard when somebody's driving that, that fancy sport car and the other person's got that little moped. It's, it's tough. I don't know how you, how you deal with it. I really don't. Cause kids are kids and envy and jealousy gets involved. It just, it just does. So man, um, crazy. We're about 60 days away from, uh, from this thing kicking off. Um, yep. man, who's going to be the quarterback. That's, That's still it. the big question. Who, yeah, who's I mean, going to we- be the dude. It's yeah, it's it's um it, it is the question, you know, those guys were all out there throwing at the Manning Passing Academy a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to you know meet with Brian Kelly in a week or two at uh, SEC Media Days and we'll get a little bit of a more of a gauge on how the offseason's gone for the coaches and just the, you know, the development of what they've kind of seen from the players and workouts and, and through meetings and stuff. I think, you know, this is kind of the time where they're implementing the offense in terms of just giving the players up to speed on what, you know, the nuances of the offense and defense are going to be. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see come fall. I mean, it's going to be a very competitive fall. We've known that since really the early days of spring, a lot of these competitions were going to go into the fall. And I think really nothing's changed in that regards. And that's why I don't really think we'll learn a whole lot at at SEC media days in a couple of weeks, but we'll get the, we'll get those sound bites out to everybody for sure. I'm going to, I'm going to share you with this. Um, share this with you, Jordan Palmer, the quarterback kind of guru out there on the West coast, uh, Burrow works with them and all. And I'd heard that Jaden Daniels had worked with him. So I shot him a text. Hey, you want to cook? Can you come on the show and talk? He said, man, I'm slammed. He said, also, I haven't really worked with him. Just kind of threw with him and all the other guys. Um, I said, what do you think of him? He said, I've been around Jaden a lot. I don't have any groundbreaking comments on him, but I think he's solid. And he'll need to compete his rear end off to win that job. That's a packed room. Yeah. So no, it is, I, and that's why I think it's it's really no BSing everybody when we say that we really don't have much of an indication right. of who's got the upper hand right now. I think all three of those guys, including Nussmeyer and Brennan, all showed some really good stuff that back in the spring. And I think there's uh, going to be a real, real competition there for the first couple of weeks of fall. Uh, spent, uh, who who was the quarterback for Cincinnati with Denbrock that got drafted? Um, Ritter, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. He was yeah. kind of a he was a mean, he was a running gun guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a running. Guy. He kind of is a is a Nussmeier kind of guy, right? So yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he can throw it deep, and he had a little bit of uh, legs to him as well. I think all these guys are going to be able to extend plays with their feet, but just in different ways. I mean, I right. think Brennan's a guy that you're going to keep in the pocket, but his pocket presence is going to be able to allow him to extend plays. And then Nussmeyer is going to be able to scramble out of the, the pocket a little bit and, and kind of bide time. And then Daniels is a guy that I think he's really going to be able to take off downfield and really open up some big play uh, big play possibilities for you with his feet. So uh, they all bring a different dynamic to the group, right. and I think it's going to be just one pitch bets. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be fascinating. The main thing, too, is – that quarterback, if he makes a mistake, can't be looking over his shoulder, right? I mean, can't yeah, do no, that. I think, so. I, I think you got to give him a little bit of a leash. Now, if you go out and you drop two of the first three games and the offense isn't playing well, then right. 
you're in a you're very different situation. But no, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, if a guy has a couple bad series in a row and fans start to get a little, you know, little <laughs> and you know, they will, there, you oh, know, yeah, they well, will. Absolutely. That's part of it, of course. Yeah. But, you know, I think you got to stick to your guns and whichever one comes out and, and does the best in that fall camp and proves that he can be the leader of the offense early in the season. then I think that's what you got to roll with. Do you believe John Emery Jr. will finally live up to his hype? I mean, that I think that's a key component to the to whatever quarterback has success is how good can this kid be? I do. I mean, we saw him in spring a little bit, and he uh, he looked the part. I mean, he he was a guy that was in great shape and uh, really big. I mean, just just you know, stocky and a little bit uh-huh. more got a little bit more girth to him than when we probably last saw him out on the field. And I think that's something that's really going to help him because he's already a very agile athlete. And if he can get that, you know, that, that strength component to him as well, get a little bit more of a Ty Davis price mindset in terms of trying to break tackles, going through guys, instead of trying to elude everybody and uh, you know, kind of break off, you know, big runs like that. I think he has, he has the skill set to be a really, really dynamic piece for this offense. You know, not only running the ball, but being able to catch out of the backfield as well. We shall see. Um, I got uh, Djokovic winning Wimbledon. I just, I think Nadal took a lot out of him, and I think Kyrgios is going to just implode as he always does. Well, it sounds like Nadal had a little bit of an abdomen injury that he was he playing for today. So, I mean, if you're not a hundred percent going against Djokovic, I don't really have much much hope for you. <laughs> yeah. It's just that guy is so good, and and really, I mean, just it's really rare that you get so many living legends in like one sport playing at the same time. I mean. Nadal, Djokovic, Federer for like so many years. So there. many years. Ran, ran the sport just all by themselves, yeah. essentially. And it was. I, I can't really- tell you anybody on the female side. I mean, I've heard of Halep before she won yeah. today, but all the other ones, I'm like, who are these people? I don't know who yeah, are they? I, but they're good, I, but. I'm not, a, I'm not huge into tennis like that, no. but I, I, I know a little bit, but um, okay. big thing that my dad's into. So. Oh, yeah. really? Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. All right, Glenn West from Go247 Sports. Thank you, man. Have a great uh, rest of your week. And I don't know what you're looking at, but I uh, hope everything's okay. Oh, yeah. Just just watching a little bit of the, uh, the <laughs> NBA stuff. Yeah, they NBA, got a little NBA is, stuff. Is Duran a Pelican yet? Not yet. Um, that's what I'm looking for, man. I'm, uh, you can only hold out so much hope. But I got yeah. the trade for you. I got the trade for you. You ready? Sure. Valanchunas. Devontae Graham and a pick to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton. That's what I want to see. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I look, if, if it's part of a three team trade and we get something in return, then absolutely I'm all for it. So I want, I want DeAndre Ayton to team up with those guys. I think he, he would fit in. He would keep the lane open. I think he yeah. would fit in great. No, I think so too. That'd be a great little piece to add. We shall sure. see. All right, Glenn West. Thank you, right. buddy. Take care, Thanks, man. Jordy. Appreciate Glenn you. West, go two four seven sports. Um, all right, the game really wants to help you out at one zero three seven thegamecom and one zero four one thegamecom because when you join and become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a one hundred and fifty dollars gift certificate to Mister Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, or a fifty dollars gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House, or even a twenty five dollars gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, but you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. We will wrap up our number one next here on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 
1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the Houston Astros, where you're home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. A couple of matinee performances in the bigs today. Detroit leading Cleveland 7-2, top of the eighth. Milwaukee won the Chicago Cubs zip in the middle of the sixth. Minnesota over the White Sox 5-3, top of the fifth. And Toronto and Oakland scoreless in the top of the second. Uh, of course, um, uh, Astros. Got, got it going, right? Winners of eight straight. Um, two semifinals are, are set. Rafa Nadal beat um, Taylor Fritz. 3-6-7-5, Won the, the tiebreaker 10-4 in the fifth and final set. And Nick Kyrgios beat Gannon in straight sets. 6-4, six, 6-3, six, seven, six, seven, uh, in that tiebreaker as well. So, um, boy, Nadal was just, he, he's just a champion. You don't win that many grand slams, the most grand slams of anyone. Um, you, you gotta, when, when he's down, you gotta step on him. And, and Fritz tried valiantly, but uh, in the end, Nadal too experienced, too good uh, in that one. So, um, Djokovic still on the other side. And that's my pick to win it all. Our number one's in the books. Our number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the Tigers and the Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go with my main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, producing as he does each and every day in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which uh, is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming all over the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, we're also simulcast on your TV set, 32.3 on Stadium, 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Wasn't a question of if, it was a question of when was Baker Mayfield going to no longer be a Cleveland Brown. After the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson, it was just, okay, are we going to keep Baker around until we find out how long Deshaun Watson's going to be out? Or is there such a disconnect and such acrimony that we're going to come up with a deal as soon as we can come up with one? Well, they did it. Mayfield's traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 2024 fifth-round draft pick that could improve with um, – uh, play markers. Cleveland will also eat $10.5 million as part of the salary split, with Carolina paying $5 million and Mayfield cutting approximately $3.5 million off of his salary. Now, this has been confirmed by both sides, both 
the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns. This ends this contentious rift between Mayfield and the Browns following their pursuit of Deshaun Watson, where Mayfield felt like he was disrespected. Mayfield now becomes Carolina's presumed replacement for Sam Darnold, who just doesn't seem to work out uh, anywhere. So the move officially solidifies Cleveland's quarterback depth chart with Watson and backup Jacoby Brissett. While the Panthers now get a one-season look at Mayfield before the expiration of his rookie deal. What an unceremonious end to a relationship that had the Browns and Mayfield mulling an extension prior to the 2021 season. But injuries and ineffectiveness ultimately stopped all talks and led the Cleveland Browns to say, you know what, Baker? Uh, you're just not going to take us where we need to go. And after starting 59 career games, after being taken number one overall by the Browns in the 2018 NFL draft, Mayfield completed 62% of his passes for 14,125 yards, 92 touchdowns, and 56 interceptions. Um, a career in Cleveland that was marred by injuries, marred by inconsistency, but he did help lead Cleveland to its only playoff win. Um, and that was in the 2020 season, a 48-37 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. It had been a long time since Cleveland had won a playoff game, but um, just wasn't meant to be. And now Cleveland will wait and see the fate of Deshaun Watson, and if he can't go, Jacoby Brissett will be the guy. Um, Zion Williamson is going to be at a YMCA clinic. I just got a text says he hasn't showed up yet, but um, it's his birthday, and he is signing his multi-year, multi-multi-multi-million-dollar contract with the New Orleans Pelicans. Something that had to be done was going to be done. That's just the nature of the beast. Is anybody worth uh, that plays sports worth 40 something million dollars a year? Of course not. But, but the marketplace calls for it. And therefore Zion Williamson gets it. Is Kevin Durant going to be a Pelican? No. Is Kevin Durant going to stay in Brooklyn? I think so because the Nets have all the leverage and all the, the leeway uh, that you need. He signed them. He's on the contract for the next four years. Oh, there you go. Um, there's some other rumors out there, some other possibilities. DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns don't seem to be on the same page. Their head coach used to be the head coach of the Pelicans, the current Pelicans coach, and that coach out there in Phoenix are real near and dear friends. There's a working relationship there. Would the Pelicans be intrigued by DeAndre Ayton to come over as a center? And maybe what you give up is you give up a Jonas Valanciunas, who I really like. Um, you give up a Devontae Graham. Phoenix needs some more, you know, some backup guard play and all that stuff. Um which I would not hate to see at all, and maybe a draft pick. And do you think that would interest the Phoenix Suns, or do you think they would want much, much more than that? Um, 
it's an interesting prospect. I don't know if I don't know if the Pels are even interested or not, but um, I think DeAndre Ayton opens up that court a little bit more. That's a big with a little bit more range and a little more a uh, little bit more quickness. I love Jonas. I love what he did, but with Zion coming back, Jonas's numbers are going to drop because he's not going to get those touches like he used to. That's not going to happen. Uh, so we'll see. We shall see. But it's an exciting time uh, for uh, the Pelicans. It's an exciting time in in college football. No question about that, because, um, you know, what's the next move? And we'll talk with Michael Huguenin coming up in this hour uh, from on3.com, what he thinks is going to be next, because apparently the ACC and the Pac-12 are discussing a potential loose partnership. Uh, the Big 12 as they should be, are in talks with several Pac-12 schools. Uh, the Pac-12 is trying to get a TV deal done so they can try and keep the 10 that are still there together. Uh, I don't know how they're going to do that. The value of that television contract has gone down significantly. So the Big 12 is looking at Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah as uh, as being targeted by by the Big 12. There's also consideration of adding Oregon and Washington to make the Big 12 an 18-team league. Um, we shall see. It's all about the dollars and the cents. Can the Big 12 get a big enough television contract? Because the Pac-12 released a statement on Monday saying it would immediately begin negotiations on its next TV contract, intending to go forward with at least its 10 remaining members. There is a possibility more could be added to the mix, according to a Pac-12 source. The Pac-12's current deal expires in 2024. Who's intriguing enough to join the Pac-12 when you lose the L.A. market? I just don't see how it works. I just don't. Um, the ACC is going to try and keep all its members. When you hear the rumors of Clemson and uh, Florida State and Miami as potential moves to the sec so this is this is um this is the new way of the world and um i don't think for one second that the sec is done i just don't i don't think the big 12 is done think of nfc and afc sec is the nfc big 10 is the afc think of it that way um, and I think that's where this thing is all headed. And I think the, the group that's going to suffer the most eventually is the NCAA. I don't think we'll have it when it comes to college football much longer. I just, I, I just see there's too much money involved. It's, it's who's going to, which networks are going to want to spend the most money to land these conferences and what's going to be the most appealing to them? How big of a player does CBS want to be? And how, you know, are, are we going to have games on some of these uh, on Amazon network, on Hulu? Uh, there's so many possibilities. Where's it all going to go? And who's going to offer the most? Because it's all about the dollars and the cents that makes everything else work. How are you going to pay for that volleyball team? to go from California to New Jersey. That's never going to make any money. It's just going to be a drain on your 
your athletic department. That's all it's going to be. So how do you make that up? Well, you get the television deal of all television deals that's generating so much money that can be split equally. And then there's the other big question is, does everybody want to have to be treated equally? I don't think they do. LSU doesn't want to be treated the same way as Vanderbilt or Mississippi State. They just don't. They just don't. So uh, this, this is far from being over, and I can't wait to see where the dominoes fall. I still, in my heart of hearts, believe that uh, Oklahoma and Texas will not wait that long to get into the SEC. I got to believe that there is some kind of a deal in the works that's going to happen. They won't join this year, obviously, but next year I would be stunned if they did not. I would be stunned. Uh, so we'll see. We'll bet we'll put a little Diet Coke uh, on that one. We are brought to you all by Eon of Lafayette. Such good people, such good people. And, and they do such a good job in helping you with the first premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that specializes in permanent fat reduction and fat loss. It's a state-of-the-art robotic body contouring laser energy. Energy means heat. In the same time as the heat, you've got a simultaneous cooling effect, so you don't feel anything. There is no discomfort whatsoever. You have a comfortable patient experience that results in permanent fat reduction. So you do all the work, the exercises, the crunches, the bike riding, the running, you eat the right foods and you still can't lose that troublesome area. That's where Eon of Lafayette can come into play. They have financing involved so you can get it done now and pay over time. It is tremendous. It is tremendous and it works. The results are amazing. Why don't you call 337-278-7641 That's 278-7641. Go get a free consultation and see. And then you can see all the before and after pictures that that have been done. You can see the machine and how it works, how simple, easy, painless, how comfortable it really is. And it really does work. Uh, Tara LaPerry and her staff, they are outstanding in the work that they do, and they want to help you. And it's a great It's a great service. It's going to make you feel good, feel so much better about yourself. Um, Go check out Eon of Lafayette at 2020 Rue Promenade, Suite 2020, right there in River Ranch. Give them a call, 337-278-7641-278-7641. Women, men, it knows no gender. It works for both. Oh, what a great gift that would be. What a great uh, story it would be for you and yours and tell him you heard it here on the Jordy Helpert show. We'll quick, take a quick time out here. We'll come back with much, much more. This is the Jordy Helpert show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 6, 1989. Saints president and general manager Jim Finks, the only candidate 
falls just short of being elected to replace Pete Rozelle as NFL commissioner. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back and better than ever on this uh, Wednesday, July 6th, the year 2022. The Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Eight game win streak up 13 and a half in their division over Seattle. You can see them live in person. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Are you in the... Um, in the in the club that believes that teams up north NFL teams should have dome stadiums well the Chicago Bears uh, are positioned for a future relocation from downtown Chicago to the suburb of Arlington Heights in order to build a new world-class stadium but Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is proposing the city make its own renovations to keep the team in town. A mayoral committee is set to recommend Chicago explore the feasibility of adding a dome to Soldier Field, the Bears' longtime open-air stadium, along with uh, significant updates to the historic venue. Hmm. Um, I don't know what it would cost. Um, Taxpayer contributions, uh, those costs, according to this report, estimate between, well, this is a big gap, between $400 million to $1.5 billion. The most recent NFL stadiums to open with enclosed roofing include the Chargers and the Rams at SoFi Stadium in California, which reportedly cost more than $5 billion, and the Raiders' Allegiant Stadium in Nevada costing approximately Two billion. Um, I sure would like it for the Saints when they have to go play those kind of teams in December. Um, when it's freezing cold, you can't feel anything, you can't breathe. Um, I, I would be all for that. I'm sure there's some staunch Chicagoans that say, No way, no dome stadium. We want to keep Soldier Field as is, but um. I don't know. It was last renovated in 2002, uh, has the smallest capacity, 61,500 of any current stadium. You notice how, and I don't know why this is the case, and I, maybe I could get your help on this. Um, LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, all these college venues are 100,000 seats plus. Um NFL doesn't do that. They just don't do that. They play a basically the same amount of games, home games, as a college team does, right? Um, so is there just not the, 
the the same level of fandom for the NFL as there is for college football? Um, or does the NFL have it figured out where they can seat less, charge more, and if the team's not good, there'll be fewer empty seats than what you see, like when LSU plays against whoever that nobody cares about, that uh, you know there's empty seats everywhere. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think college football does that because they're trying to generate as much income as they possibly can. Um, and you know these NFL owners are billionaires, and they've got a great television contract. So they know exactly what they're going to make before every season starts. Um, and every, you know, the, the parking and the programs are all gravy to these owners. Uh, but, but they never have large, huge stadiums, unlike the college venues do. And I'm just kind of curious about that as to why, but, um, I'm all for up teams up North, um, for weather purposes, I think that would be uh, terrific. I'm all for it. Of course, I don't have to foot the bill, and I'm not a taxpayer in the city of Chicago and surrounding areas. So anyway, um, will will the Chicago Cleveland Browns regret trading Baker Mayfield, and did the Panthers get better at quarterback because of him? Um, you know, it's the old cliche of the chip on the shoulder. Well, you know Baker Mayfield's going to have that. Um and who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson if it if he plays at all this year or if he has to sit out sit out even even more than that what are they going to do so Jacoby Brissett is that is that what you're hoping will take you and and keep your fans in line because you got a pretty darn good roster can Jacoby Brissett lead you to a playoff run right now? Because there's no way Deshaun Watson's going to be playing. There's no way. Absolutely no way. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so I think the Browns have to look at themselves in the mirror. They'll never do this, but they got to blame themselves for Mayfield. And that's all they could get was a fifth round pick. That's it. Um, Wow, I guess they're responsible for alienating him to the point where reconciliation was just out of the window. Uh, out of the window. And it, but was it wrong of them to seek an, seek an upgrade this offseason, especially after Mayfield regressed in that injury-riddled season? No, not necessarily. So there's give and take in everything, right? Give and take in everything. Um, I don't know. If I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, I'm going, okay, well, what, ugh, this backup plan, I don't know. We sold our former number one pick for a conditional fifth two years down the road. Man, saves the Browns $8 million this year. Um, Mayfield takes a pay cut. Carolina pays $5 million, So they, they save some money, but... I don't know if there's any way you can get around the mismanagement to force them to eat any of this salary, any of it. And if you're Carolina, what do you got to lose? You only spend 5 million. You get this guy for a year, see if he can do anything. Um, wow. He's, he's gotta be, he's gotta be better than Sam Darnold, right? 
got to be settled better than that. And then you're, you're hoping that you develop Matt Corral to the point where he, he becomes that, that guy, that guy. Um, I think the person that's going to suffer the most out of all this is Matt rule. The coach, he ain't going to be there. He's not going to survive this. He's just not. Um, but what Carolina is hoping for best case scenario is that Baker Mayfield brings some energy to their quarterback room. And he capitalizes on the Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, um, and some of the pieces that the Carolina Panthers have one of the worst rosters in the league. Um, and you know, they get them on the cheap and they don't have to spend excess draft capital to start over again, but they're in a rebuilding process. And with one of the worst rosters out there, um, Matt rule is going to be the guy that suffers the most. So, Two teams in the Saints division um, have the worst rosters out there. That's the Atlanta Falcons. They, they're, they're essentially starting from scratch for a second straight season. They just are. And if I'm Kyle Pitts, I'm looking to get out of there as fast as is possible. Um, I don't care if it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter at quarterback. Uh, they got nothing. They just don't. They don't. Um, and the Panthers, well, they're just... They're not all that much better, but they do have, but they are a little bit better as far as their roster is concerned. Uh, but I don't know. All right. Um, enough of that craziness. Baker Mayfield, Carolina Panther. Wow. The game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with um, a lot of things. When you become a member uh, of our rewards club, you have the opportunity to win free stuff. Excellent prizes, like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Michael Huguenin joins us next. What's next for the big 12 what's next for the pack 12 what's next for the sec and, and all the dominoes of college football where does it go and where does it end and notre dame the spotlight is on you but guess what you don't need to hurry up a bit you can wait and wait and wait and pick what you want to pick to do we'll talk all about that with mike huganen from on3.com after this timeout on the jordy Heltberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for the Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Uh oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Michael Huguenin, good afternoon, my friend. How was your uh, 4th of July holiday, big guy? It was uh, quite nice. Quite nice. Good, good. Um, all right. Well, college football continues to churn out the the headlines for all of us to talk about. So, um 
if if you're a college football fan, do you love what's going on? And you are a college football fan. So do you love yeah, no, what's no, going on right here? Like if college it. football ends up being dominated by by maybe two super conferences, is that good or is that not good? Uh, I don't think that's good. I think it's becoming more and more obvious that college football is going to become NFL junior, so to speak. Yep. Um, I, I am not as big a pro football fan as I am college football fan. Um, obviously, I like the SEC, but I'll be honest, I like watching Mountain West games. I like watching Pac-12 games. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that there's 131 schools that you can watch on a given Saturday. Um, the NFL, to me, is boring and stayed. And I think the as college football contracts into two mega conferences, it, it's going to become the same way. It's all about um, it, it's all about what what you can make mon- monetarily, and that all comes from from television. And right. so, I would imagine the big television networks would like to have the top forty or fifty teams in two or three super conferences and have them play one another. It'll be more big brand name games produ- producing more big television numbers. Is that what this is all based on? Unquestionably. And, that, and that's why, you know, last I was on last week on Thursday, and a couple yep. hours before we were on is when the news broke that USC and UCLA right. were right. going to move to the Big Ten, and then later that night it, it became official. But you're, you're right. I mean, the idea, though, that, you know, Oregon and Washington are sort of hanging in the wind right now. Well, those are two huge programs, and if there's ever – a NFL junior, you know, like a 40 team mega consolidation. Those two teams are in it. Um, I, I think that I was talking with a friend of mine today who's a big 10 alum. And he's like, you know, the, the likes of, you know, Rutgers brings a certain segment to the big 10. They bring the TV market. That's it. What does Indiana bring? What does Purdue bring? What does Iowa bring? Right. Um, what does Iowa State bring? What does Mississippi State bring to the table? What does Ole Miss bring to the table? What does Oregon State and Washington State bring to the table? So the the, the consolidation, I think the idea that oh, all the SEC schools are fine, all the Big Ten schools are fine, no, they're not. Because as you pointed out, it's all about TV and big brands. And we wrote a story last fall talking to some experts about college sports and about TV. And they're like, yeah, you're paying, you're paying the big 10 to show Michigan, Ohio state and Penn state. You're not paying the big 10 to show Purdue and Indiana. So it's the same with the sec. You're you're not paying to show Mississippi state play South Carolina. So the idea that the further consolidation could come and some of the teams that are in power five league now could get squeezed out. We're seeing that happened in the Pac-12. I think the teams, the two schools most affected by last week's news about USC and UCLA, Oregon State and Washington State. Who wants them? Mm. Nobody. Yeah. So yeah. that's the, your point about the big brands. That's what you pay the t- big TV bucks for. People need to keep that in mind. That's the driving force behind all of this. And, yeah, the idea that some of these schools are safe because they're in a Power 5 league uh, is, is ludicrous. 
Uh, Mike Hugan and on3.com. George Klavikoff is the uh, new commish of the Pac-12, and he's he's trying to um, rally the spirits and, and keep this, try to hold this thing all together, knowing full well the television revenue is going to be down. The road to the final four and the postseason is perilous at best. So, so how does he sell membership on staying put and rebuilding that conference? How is that possible? I think what you have to do, you have to hope that you can sell some of the Big 12 schools on coming to the Pac-12. And obviously some of the Pac-12 schools are going to be involved with negotiations potentially with the Big 12 and maybe even the Big 10. Because is the Big mm-hmm. Ten finished? I don't think so. I don't I mean, think they so. Seen, if, if, if Notre Dame calls the Big Ten tomorrow, the Big Ten is saying, okay, Notre Dame, you're in. Now we got to go find one more score to make it an even number. So right. um, the, 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 the conference, though, that's to me truly swinging in the wind is the ACC. Their mm-hmm. media rights deal doesn't expire until 2036, which oh. is, you know, they, they signed up for it. Um, thinking this was a good long-term move. But, you know, in, in college athletics, long-term is two weeks, <laughs> yeah, not two decades. Exactly. So, um, and, you know, you hear a lot, you know, well, yes, yes, you could just add Miami and Florida State. You know, I, I don't think Miami has a lot to offer. I think the two schools in the ACC with the most to offer are Clemson and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, every conference wants North Carolina. It's a phenomenal athletic program. Um, the academics are a boon for every league. There's a lot to lock out in North Carolina. Exceptionally well-run athletic department, cutting-edge NIL stuff. Uh, everyone likes their AD, Bubba Cunningham. And Clemson is a hot commodity right now because of football, and that's what drives a train. Think about, right. though, Clemson in the 90s. No one cared. No, nobody so Clemson cared. better strike while the iron is hot. And I know people are – and seriously, what does Miami bring except a – two-decade-old tradition of being great. They haven't been great for two decades, and they have a big TV market. I would argue, though, that the the Miami TV market, it's not just Miami fans that live down there. Florida, and Florida State brings more to the table to me than than Miami does. So it's going to be interesting to see if the ACC schools are willing to sit there uh, or if they want to do something to, to get out of the ACC, because I think the ACC is in dire, dire straits as well. Isn't Notre Dame in the catbird seat? It, it, if I'm the Pac-12, don't I go and say, please come join us. We've got great academics. You would save our league. We would, we'll bend over backwards for you. We'll do whatever it takes to get you. Isn't Notre Dame the linchpin for everything? Or am I crazy? Yeah, I think Notre Dame, though, if they're going to join a league, they're going to join the Big Ten. Uh, I think it makes too much geographic sense. And I've yeah. also seen people say, well, if Notre Dame wants to remain independent, they're going to be left out. No, they're not. No. That, that is the biggest brand in college athletics. Everybody knows Notre Dame. You have an opinion on them. Either you love them or you hate them. There is no middle ground. And I know people, well, the SEC schools, a lot of people don't care about SEC. Like Alabama couldn't care less if they win or lose. Notre Dame, nobody feels that way. That's why the Big Ten adding USC, like like we talked last week, is a masterstroke. Because that is a national program to the nth degree. Um, 
But yeah, Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame is tied in right now with the ACC. But I'll be honest. Why? If you're if you're Notre Dame, why would you join the ACC? Right. Um, and I, you know, the idea that the college football expansion, one of the probably the main driver of not expanding, was Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner. He may have signed his own league's death warrant by doing that. Because I truly wonder if the playoff field were expanding in 2023, if moving to the Big Ten would have been quite as enticing for USC and UCLA. It would have been enticing, but maybe if it was a 12-team league, they would have said, no, we're not interested. But I still think Jim Phillips' decision is going to go down as one of the worst in college sports history. Who's got the better who's got the better value for television revenue for a television contract? Is it the Pac-12, they've lost the LA market, or is it the Big 12 who doesn't really have, you know, they've got Houston um and other, you know, Dallas, but who who can go that's, to the negotiating table in your opinion question. and get and more? That's gonna, I think that's the that's the difference whichever league the TV Networks like better. Uh, you're right. right. I mean, Texas. I mean, the Big 12's got a lot of schools in Texas, but it, they don't have Texas or Texas A&M. Exactly. Um, the Pac-12's got every major city on the West Coast except LA. Yeah. So that that is exceedingly interesting. And I know you know. You're right. The Big 12 is adding Houston in, in, in their own own town. They're probably the number three school. They're behind Texas and Texas A&M. Yep. The Big 12 is adding Cincinnati. Ohio State is a bigger deal in Cincinnati than Cincinnati is. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 is adding UCF. I would argue that there is more Florida and Florida State fans in Orlando than there are UCF fans, even though UCF is based here. BYU, I don't think, brings much. You know, the Salt Lake City TV market. Uh, I, I think there's more Utah fans in, in the state of Utah than there are BYU fans. So that is a fascinating question. Um, and my assumption is there's a lot of Nielsen TV numbers being crunched in those two leagues for, the, for, for either the new Big 12 commissioner or Kwiatkoff to say, here's what we have TV-wise, shower us with money. And the network's going to go, nah, you ain't worth yeah. what you think you're worth. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mike Hugan on 3.com. So what do you foresee? What do you what, what do you foresee as the next move? Who who makes the next move and who does it involve? Well, I think, that, like we talked last week, the USC and UCLA move is the door is, you know, like it's like a garage door. You have okay. a garage door and you have a side door into your garage. The idea that we would have one they have just like this, uh, a super group of college football teams, the side door for the garage has been open. Now right. with USC and UCLA moving, the garage door is open. That, this is going to happen. The question is, is it eight years? Is it 12 years? Is it 20 years? It is happening. Uh, the next incremental move that that's, to be interesting too because you got the two power conference the two true power conferences are at 16 teams now i would argue that if you go to 18 or 20 that becomes extremely unwieldy to be called a legitimate conference but i don't think that matters anymore again Mm -hmm. you're going to have ucla and usc 
in a league with a team based in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So the geographic aspect doesn't work. It's, I'm still fascinated to see how they're going to make the lesser, quote-unquote, Olympic sports work. But right. um, I think the next move is something, something with the Big 12 or something with the Pac-12. Do the Big 12 schools flee to the Pac-12 or vice versa? Um, and, and also what happens with, I think, Clemson right now needs to be actively seeking some help. Get us out of here. How do we get out of here? How much, you know, how much do we have to pay to get out? And will it be worth it? Um, there's going to be some more incremental moves, but I think we are the idea that's been around since 1982. That's when the Supreme Court ruled about the TV rights that the NCAA doesn't own the TV rights, schools own them. Um, that that was when you first heard about the all oh, one day there's just going to be 40 big schools playing football and everybody else would be, you know, the scrap leftover teams. Um, that is gonna that is gonna happen. The USC UCLA thing again opened the garage door yeah. to that. The question is how soon does it come about? Um, Mike Hugan and on three dot com. We we talk about the ACC and that's so much for so long. It was it was more thought of as a basketball conference. Basketball. And I still think yep. it is a basketball conference more so. And that's what I thought the appeal for Notre Dame to get into the ACC was their basketball was pretty darn good. Um, and I thought that was part of their deal there. Um so many great rivals and rivalries in that. You, you think of Duke, North Carolina in basketball, it's one of the best that's out there. Would would North Carolina is it every dog for himself now and those rivalries yeah. go out the window? And if North Carolina yeah. can get out of the ACC and go to the SEC to make more money, so be it. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And I think if you're North Carolina, I know they've been they're sort of the driving force in that league. There's you know, I used to like my spent part of my childhood in South and North Carolina yeah. and still talk to my dad about how everybody, unless you were a UNC fan, everybody else in those leagues hated North Carolina because everything yes. was geared toward UNC. Right. Um, and I think those days are gone now. UNC has to look out for itself. Clemson needs to look out for itself. You know, if you're South Carolina, um, do you really want Clemson in the SEC with you? <laughs> Um, if you're Florida, do you really want FSU or Miami in the SEC with you? No. Um, no. You know, but Georgia Tech has been left behind. Um, the, I think the only other school in the ACC that has any cachet football-wise is Virginia Tech. And I was reading something today from the Raleigh paper, the News and Observer. Um, the ACC has four schools that the driving force is football. Clemson. Florida State, Miami, and Virginia Tech. Well, three of the four right now are not good. Okay. I mean, I, you know, Miami, oh, they went to a bowl, they won it. Miami's not good. So um, that has hurt the ACC, has hurt the ACC as well. Uh, FSU especially is that, – that's a bad program right now. So, yeah, the, I mean, Syracuse, Boston College, Virginia, Wake Forest, Duke, Georgia Tech, those schools add nothing. So there are schools that are in, uh, I would, yeah, the ACC is in dire straits, and those schools in particular are in dire straits. Are there other schools in the Big 12 that would add value to the SEC? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, TCU, Texas Tech, K State, Kansas, Iowa State, those are like, 
non-entity schools. And I know, you know, oh, Kansas's basketball program. The last 10 years should point out basketball means nothing. Because right. if basketball meant anything, the ACC wouldn't have Boston College and Syracuse in its league because they'd still be in the Big East. Right. So, And the You're Big right. East would still be a viable entity. Um, and, and Big East basketball is good, but Big East basketball has Marquette and Creighton in it. Yeah. So, you know, let's get serious here. So, um, yeah, and I, I think the Oregon and Washington add value. So I'm extremely interested in seeing what those teams do. Notre okay. Dame's at the top of the food chain. Clemson yeah. and North Carolina, I think, yep. are top of the food chain kind of schools in with Oregon and Washington. Um, I know Arizona State has a huge market. Uh, no one cares. Um, yeah. Utah is interesting in some respects. Right. You know, Cal and well, Stanford. San Francisco is the sixth largest TV market in the country. No yeah. one cares about Cal or Stanford there, though. Stanford, no. I would argue, no. does have his athletic program is awesome. Well, it's going to be Except very interesting to see where this pendulum so, falls. Mike, um, we're, we're out of time, buddy. I, I greatly appreciate it. I, I, I don't, I don't know if we solved anything, but you know, I just know it's not over. Uh, with, with only two West Coast schools, that's why I think Oregon and Washington ultimately are going to be okay. But it, it's yeah, that to me is the biggest question. How soon does that 40-team or 50-team conglomeration get here? Michael, thank you, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week. I greatly appreciate Always it. Always enjoy it. Thanks, man. All right. You're the best. We'll take a time out. We'll wrap it all up next here on the Jordy Heltberg Show. All right. Quick wrap-up special thanks to Glenn West and Michael Huguenin, our guests today. If today, uh, July 6th, is your birthday, well, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. Uh, you share it with Zion Williamson. Zion, can you lend me a few million, big guy? Because you signed your contract today. Z- Zion's 22 years young. Kevin Hart, the comedian, actor, 43. And Sylvester Stallone turned 76 today. James, thanks so much for all you do. Astros on tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday. So until then... I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Let's be kind to one another and uh, let's try and be happy. Why not? Life is short. Um, Enjoy the Astros. We'll see you on Friday, God willing. So long, everybody. 